0: So, good morning, let's begin. So today's daft is Yud Gimel. We, we left off on Yud base Amud Beis. So remember, again, we're focusing on the Pasuk that calls Mordechai. We have to be focused on Mordechai's genealogy of Ben Yo'ir, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ishimimi, and described how each of those names are, in reality, descriptive in nature. Now, the Gimel says the following. But on that the Gemara says we're up to two, four, five lines up in the bottom, middle of the line. Yehudi. So they call on one hand the Megillah calls Mordechai a Yehudi. Alma me Ka'asi, therefore it means he must come from the Shevet of Yehuda. They Kari a Yemini. But on the other hand, they calls him Alma may Binyamin Ka'asi. Therefore it seems to indicate that's what he comes from the tribe of Binyamin. So which one is it? Is he from Yehuda or is he from Binyamin? Amrav Nachman, Mordechai, Muhtar b'nimusahaya. We'll literally translated. Mokhtar b'nimusahaya means he was crowned with his pleasant names. What does that mean? Amrav Avarchanah, Amrav Yoshua, Ben Levi, Aviv, Mi, Binyamin, Vi, Yom, Yehuda. It means that his father was from Yom his mother was from Yehuda. And even though we don't normally take into account the mother's tribe, nevertheless, because it would be such a credit for in this case, Shevet Yehuda, to claim some level of connection to Mordechai, therefore not only recognizes him by his father's tribe, but by his mother's tribe as well. The V'ra'abana say, Mishpachos, Miskaros, Zubazum, that the tribes fought with each other to see who, who could really lay claim to Mordechai. Mishpachos Yehuda Omeres, the tribe of Yehuda, the family of Yehuda said, Anu Gondim Isyala Ad Mordechai. It's it's I'm responsible that Mordechai was born. Meaning Mordechai's birth is my responsibility. Why? Delokatli David L'shimi Ben-Gira. Because David did not kill Shem Ben-Gira. Remember Shem Ben-Gira was a cousin of Shaul and from Sheva Ben-Yamin. And when David HaMelech was running away from Avshalom, Shimi Ben-Gerah came out and started cursing Shalom. So David's men wanted to kill Shimi Ben-Gerah because he was murdered, he disparaged the monarchy. But David said no. David said no, and again, apparently Mordechai is, it, was a descendant of Shimi ben Geira. So you, So therefore, Shevet Yehuda says that we are responsible for the birth of Mordechai because again... Our ancestor did not kill his ancestor. Our ancestor, David, did not kill his ancestor, Shimi Ben-Gera. Okay, the Gemara goes on. The says, no, we lay claim to Mordecai, why? Because, because, remember, at the end of the day, he comes from our tribe. He comes from our Shevet. Rava Amarava says, Rava says it's true the tribes were arguing with, with each other, but for a totally different reason. They said, Ru ma'asa li Yehudi, uma shalim li Yemini." Look what this guy from Yehuda did for me, and what this Yemini, what this person from Benyamin paid back to me. What does that mean? Ma'asa li Yehudi. What did this Yehudi do? Top of your gimel, So, uh, interestingly enough. The people were upset at Shevet Yehuda. They were upset that David did not kill Shimi. Because if David did not kill Shimi, then Mordechai would have never been born. And that would have worked out better. Why? This goes back to another dynamic that really comes out at the end of the Megillah, which was that there was a segment of the population that did not like Mordechai. Not like Mordechai. So first, so you say to yourself, what's the chiddush, right? The chiddush is, you know, if, if it's only a segment, you're actually doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. So well, what's, what's the pshat? They didn't like Mordechai because they felt that Mordechai provoked Haman. That remember, again, everyone else is bowing to Haman. Everyone else is is you know doing what has to be done in order to safeguard the interests of the Jewish people. And this guy Haman, this guy Mordechai is not. And they were resentful of the fact that he that he stoked the fire a little bit so the people said what did Shevet Yehuda do if only David would have killed Shimi Ben Gera then what then we would have never had a Mordechai we would have never have never, we would have never had such a difficult situation umash shim Li yemini and what what well look what the yemini did what did the yemini do wrong tiloktli agag because had Sha'ul killed, remember, Sha'ul was given the command by Shmuel, by Shbaruchu, to kill out the nation of Amalek, and Sha'ul does not do so. Instead, he goes ahead. He spares Agag, the king of Amalek, and others, and as a result, Haman was born. So we'll say, according to this approach, what ends up happening over here is that Yehuda and Binyamin are arguing as to who has the lion's share of the blame for the fact that there was almost a near annihilation of the Jewish people in the Purim story. So Binyamin says, Yehuda, it was you because David should have killed Shimi Ben Geira, and there would have never been a Mordecai who would have never provoked Haman. And Yehuda says to Binyamin, "It was you, because had your ancestor Shaul done what he was supposed to kill at Olam Malik, there would have never been a Haman." Okay, Rabbi, Yochan, Omar, Rabbi Yochanan says, "The Olam In reality, Mordechai came from the tribe of Binyamin. The Amay I If he came from Binyamin, so then why does the Megillah call him a Yehudi? Because he went ahead and. He literally, Kaf um, Zara means he turns his back on idolatry. He turns his back on idolatry. Shekala Kofar, and the f- again, remember this idea that he turns his back on idolatry has to do with the fact that he did not bow down to Haman because he felt that Haman was portraying himself as a deity and therefore he, he refused to acknowledge his idolatry. So the Gmar says, kari Yehudi, I Nikri Yehudi. Because interestingly enough, anyone Anyone who goes ahead and disassociates from idolatry is called a Yehudi. It's called a Yehudi. So Yehudi is not just the name for one's tribal affiliation, but Yehudi represents Yehudi represents a, a, str- a spiritual strength where a person is able to distance themselves from idolatry. Kedichsiv, <laughs> because the Pasik says the from from Daniel, with me are literally men from Yehuda. And we'll say what this is referring to over here. This is from Daniel. This is Daniel speaking about Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah who refused to bow down to the idols. So you see over here that Daniel describes Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah as Yehuda'in, as again members of Yehuda, even though that was not their true tribal affiliation, because anyone who goes ahead and Turns his back on idolatry, does not acknowledge idolatry. The, the title that's given to him, or the name, the accolade that's given to them, is Yehudi. Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi, Pasach Shimon Ben when he would begin his shir on Divrei Yamim, he would say Amar Hachi, Kol Divarecha Echadim, VaAnu All of the words of Divrei are echad. they all speak to one theme. Rashi says over here, Koldvarecha Echadhin, Kenegid Hasevrahayo Omer, Koldvarecha, Divrahayamim Achasin, Harbe Shemos Atamaske Oploni Oploni, Vikulan Adam Echadhin. Well, it's actually very interesting that in Divrahayamim, sometimes multiple names are used for the same person. Because the names are descriptive in nature. So, what does this mean? So, what do you mean? All, all of your names are one. So, listen to this amazing passage. So, over here now, the Gemara is again quoting from Divra is So, his wife, the Yehudiyah, gave birth to Yalda S. Yared, Avi Gidud. So she gave birth to Yered, the father of Gidor, Gidor, excuse me, Hever, the father of Soho, the Esi Kusiel Avizanoach, Kusiel, the father of Zanoach, the Eila bin a bitya basparo asher lakach mered, Mered. And these are the children of the bitya, the daughter of Paro, who was married by Mered. Okay, so who is this talking about? So the Gemara says, I Kari La Yehudia. So why does it call Bitya the daughter of Paro Yehudiya? Because we'll say why? Because remember what we just said before. Because anyone who anyone who turns their back on idolatry, this associates with idolatry is given the title Yehudi or Yehudia. So why is she given this title? Because she turned away from idolatry, that Basparo went down to the river to wash herself. Why did she go down to the river? That literally was almost like a tvi'la that she was going down to the river to cleanse herself from the idolatrous impurities of her father's home. Yalda, so the Yomar says, what does it mean? Now, interestingly enough, it makes it sound like it makes it sound like she... Uh, did I skip a line here? No. no, I'm good. yalda v'ha rabuye revise. So we we'll say, interesting enough, we're going to see that some of the names in this Pesach refer to Moshe Rabbeinu. And it makes it sound like Bitya, the daughter of Paro, gave birth to Moshe Rabbeinu. But we know that's not the case. She did not give birth to him. She raised him. She raised him. So why does it say that she gave birth to him? the Mordecai teaches us, what does it teach us? It teaches us that anyone who raises an orphan in his home, it's counted as if he has given birth to that orphan, meaning that if you take someone else's child in and you raise that child and you love that child and you you, you take care of that child, it's as if you've given that birth to that child. I will say it's interesting you saw it in general in Judaism in terms, of, in terms of the real nature of the parent-child bond that interestingly enough, biology is probably the smallest part of it. It's interesting. So biology gives your child your tribal affiliation, either a Kohen-Levi affiliation, but interestingly enough, in terms of a parent-child bond, it's who invests in that child. It's who raises that child. So the child biologically might be from another parent, but at the end of the day, if I go ahead and I put my efforts into that child, I raised that child. Ki ilu yolado. It's as if I have birthed that child myself. You see now the gemara goes through all of the names in the like Yared. So who is Yared? Zem Moshe. That to Moshe Moshe Yared. Shua he called Yared? Lam Yisrael man biyamav. Because the man fell during his lifetime. Gidur. Why does it call him Gidur? Shegad there appeared sose in Yisrael. He breached. He, or I should say he, he built up all of the breaches in the relationship between Chal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu Khaver Shekhiber es Yisrael avin sheba Why is he called Khavar? Because he connected the Jewish people to their Father in Heaven Socho Shena lahem li Yisrael Moshe was like a sukkah protective, a protective canopy over the Jewish people Yikusiel Why does he call Yikusiel? Shekavu Yisrael l'kel That ultimately he caused the people to direct their hope to God in his days zanoach shezniach avonosei in so why zanoach because he cast off the sins of the Jewish people avi 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 I will say, it says, interestingly enough, now after each of these names, then now we refer to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Yared is Moshe, Chaver is Moshe, Yukusil is Moshe, and Zanoach is Moshe. But after each of these names, it says that Yared was the father of this one, and it, so what does that mean? Avi, 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 three times. To teach us, Av bat Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu was a father, a paternal figure in Torah, meaning no one was as great as him as Torah. Av bichach, Mayu was a paternal figure in Wisdom. Av ben And he was a paternal father in terms of, or he was a paternal figure in terms of prophecy. mered. And these are the sons of Bitya that mered married. Now we'll say, interestingly enough, Marad, I should say. Vichi shmo. Now was Marad the husband of Bitya. kaliv shmo. say, this is fascinating. I never noticed before I saw this kimara. Kaliv ben Yifunah apparently married Bithya, the daughter of Paro. Now, what's what's even more interesting about this is the following. It would appear that the daughter of Paro left Egypt with the Jewish people. That apparently when she went ahead and she, we don't know when this happened, but at some point in time she left her father's palace, she left the Egyptian people, and she became a member of Khalil's throne, which is quite dramatic. So she was married to Khalif. So why does it say that her husband was named Merit if her husband was in fact named Khalif? Amrachol Ishbarach, who God said, Yavo Kalev Shemarad baAtzas Meraglim, let Kalev come along. Kalev, who rebelled against the advice, the counsel of the spies, the Yisa Basparo Shemarda BeGilulei BeSavia. So we'll say it's amazing. So let Kalev again going a little bit out of chronological order here, obviously. But let Kalev, who had the strength to rebel against the tide, to rebel against the current, and went against the advice of the Maraglim, let him come along and marry Bitya, who also exhibited this same incredible strength of character, swam upstream against the current, and was able to go against the idolatry of her father's home. Very beautiful. In in later? I'm sorry? The later? later when? Mm-hmm. Back to the Canada, sorry. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah I, I I don't know when he married her. I Meaning he, it could be that he married her after the Khaythimaraglum. Inaginami anything's possible. We're just pointing out that it's interesting A that she left with them yeah. and B that she married Khalid. Quite quite amazing. Quite amazing. I'm sorry. Well, she she converted probably along with all of Kalal Yisrael at Har Sinai. She gave up idolatry earlier. No one was really Jewish until Har Sinai. So she she gave up idolatry earlier and again joined the fold of Kalal Yisrael at Har Sinai. So it sounds like it's really... She went the water, Asher, said she, I'm sorry. She went, she went, she, so again, so the Marashah commented on that and he says, I, is it literal gerus or is it just the renouncing of idolatry? Meaning effectively gairs before Matantora was a renouncing of idolatry. You weren't you weren't converted. There was no Taryak mitzos. So she renounced her idolatry. So it's so just amazing. It's like 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 a bonus piece of Gimara nestled over here in the middle of uh, in in the middle of, of It's also interesting by the way, because you hear many people with the name yukusiel yukusiel is to just understand that is a concept from Hayamim. And again it's another name for Moshe Rabbeinu, which is also quite dramatic. So much so. of so, so the following that Megillah says that Mordechai was exiled from Yerushalayim. Amar Rava Rav says shegala miatzmo. He was he exiled himself. Now, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says shegala miyusha shegala miatzmo. Rashi says asher heg siv. So we'll say, again, what Rashi points out over here is the passage should have been written differently if he was simply exiled with the rest of the Jewish people. The fact that it's written in this particular fashion indicates that he exiled himself. Now, why would Mordechai? meaning that he, he was ultimately, he was going to be exiled, but he left earlier than, than he would have needed to. Why? So the Mar Shuggin points out he did this in order to be able to create infrastructure for the Jewish people in Babel. Recognizing that the nation was going to be exiled to Babel, recognizing that you need a significant infrastructure to sustain a nation, he goes ahead and goes ahead voluntarily. And he raised Hadassah, Karli Hadassah Esther. So the Megillah calls Esther Hamalka Hadassah and calls so Esther. So which what, what what's her real name? Tangra Mirab Mary says Esther Shma, her name was Esther, I Valamanikrashma Hadaso. Why was she called Hadaso? Ashima Sadikim shenikru Hadasim. Because the righteous the righteous are called Hadasim. The Khin Humer, and so it says in the Pasag, and he stands between the Hadasim. And I will say, why ultimately, again, if you look at Rashi, I will say, again, we know that the Hadas ultimately, again, has a very beautiful scent. it's a very beautiful smell to it. So the idea, ultimately, is that the Sadikim also, we'll see other, the other reasons why the are compared to Hadasim, but this idea yeah, the scent that comes from their mitzvahs. So therefore, according to this approach, her name is Esther, and Hadassah is a name describing her spiritual standing. Gemara goes weiter. Ramar Rebihud says no. Hadassah Shema. Her name was Hadassah. So if her name was Hadassah, why was she called Esther? Because most remember, the shosh of Esther is what? Is sir, is secret. She was called Esther because she would not divulge any personal information. Shene Amar, Aim Esther Magedes Es Ama. Esther would not divulge the details of her people Rabbi or Rabbi Nechemiah says Hadassah Shema Her name was Hadassah I have a lama nikra Shema Esther So why was she called Esther? She said, umos osa. The nations of the world called her Esther Why? Ashum Istaher Rabbi say istaher, is Aramaic for the moon People would call her like the, the moon What does that mean? That they would marvel at her beauty, the same way that the moon is the moon has luminescent beauty. So so to Esther Hamalka had this luminescent beauty as well. Ben Aze or Ben Azay says, Esther, this is interesting. So her name was Esther. So if she was Esther. Why was she called Adasa? Lo Aruka She wasn't too tall. She wasn't too short. She was just perfect like a myrtle branch. Good. Rabidi Oshuman Karcha Rabushuman says. Esther you Yurok, Yurok, Yurok Rokes Haysa. Esther had a greenish complexion and I will say a is how to understand this so some say what it means is she had like a Mediterranean type of complexion to her the problem with that is that sounds complimentary what the Gemara seems to be saying is not a complimentary the Gemara seems to say that she, she almost looked like, looked like a little sickly she looked like a little sickly but yet what but ultimately again Hakadush Baruch went ahead and put a chesed, a divine, divine favor upon her that made her look beautiful to everyone who saw her, even though in reality and actuality, she might not have been as beautiful. The Mashah discusses why she had this Yurok rakas. The points out that she was sick. Over what was happening with Achashverosh, and as such, again, it compromised her beauty. But yet again, there was a chutzal chesed, this this divine strand of favor that was upon her that made her look beautiful. Okay, ki so we'll say, remember the Megillah says that why did Mordechai raise Esther? Because she did not have a father. And when her father and mother died. So Sigma says, Lamali, why do I need that last phrase? Meaning if you just tell me that she doesn't have a mother and father, why do you need that additional phrase of Ubimos Aviha viima? And when her father and mother died. So Amrat Acha said, I aviv when when her mother became pregnant, Esther's mother became pregnant. Her father died, and when, she gave, and when her mother was in childbirth, her mother died. Tragic circumstances. And when her mother and father died, Mordechai took her as literally as a daughter. Don't read it as a daughter, but rather as a home, which is a euphemism for what? For a wife. So Vikimar we'll says, Omar So the Pasuk says, this is where this is where the Navi comes to rebuke David Hamelech in the aftermath of the episode with Bat But he gives David a mushlah, he gives him a parable. And he says it's like a poor man who only has one little sheep, Kana that he bought. The v'tigdali mo. He grows with that sheep. The sheep grows with him. im kalbanav with his family. Yachdov together. Mi pita tocha. The sheep eats from his bread. Umi kozo The sheep drinks from his cup. Ubechiko Tishkov, And the sheep literally sleep sleeps by him. Vatihilo kibas. And the sheep was like a daughter. Mishunde The because the sheep sleeps in his chest. Therefore, it's like a daughter. Ella libayis. Rather, again, what it means over here is that the sheep... I mean, it sounds like a little bit strange to say, but the Nebuchadnezzar was making a point. The sheep was like a wife. They're just like a wife sleeps next to her husband. So, to, again, the sheep slept close to its master. So the point of your is what? And remember, again, David, the Navi was trying to give David HaMelech the mushel, the mushel that David HaMelech had everything. Or Achiti had one little sheep, Bat Sheva. Bless you. One little sheep, Bat Sheva, and yet David felt compelled to go ahead and take that sheep. So the point over here is that Ba'as is sometimes vocalized as Ba'is. Limar suggesting over here, so too, by Mordechai and Esther. When it says he took her as a daughter, she wasn't really a daughter to him. Rather, she was a wife to him. Ve'es Sheva Hanaros, remember the Megillah says that when Esther was taken to the harem of the king, she was given seven maidens. Amarava shahai samona bohenyamei this so it's very interesting, you know, I guess in the harem, there wasn't always a way to track time, so what did she do? Seven maidens corresponded to the seven days of the week, and that's how Esther, depending on who was on call that day, that, I'm sorry? Weren't there eight? Weren't there eight? Days week? Eight days in the week? Why? Yeah. In, in, in the Persian calendar? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, at least, maybe if even if there were, the truth is, seven days of the week for Shabbos. That's what she's concerned about, Shabbos Kodesh. So the Mara says, therefore, she went ahead and, she. W- you keep this up, I'm taking away that hot chocolate. All right, all right. so what, what happens? So now, so so, right, so, so, Rav says, so Rav says, that's how she kept track of Shabbos. I will say, it's actually, again, very interesting. So the Megillah says, the Megillah says, that uh let me read to this phrase. Literally, and things were changed for Esther. What does that mean? Amarav Esther was able to request the kosher diet, right? She was able to go ahead and get kosher food. Ushmuel says no, Shahila Kadli de I will say means uh, bacon from a from a fatty hog. From a fatty hog. <laughs> it <laughs> from a fatty hog. The idea over here is that Esther Malka had no choice but to eat non kosher food because, again, there was nothing else that was available to her. Rabbi Yochan, said, obviously, eating non kosher food is not one of the things for which you give your life. So she, she ate what she had. Rabbi Yochan said, Zeronim, that all she, she had seeds. She lived on seeds. Vichinu Omer, so to the Pasuk says, over here, the Gemara quotes the pasuk from Daniel. Again, the Navi and Daniel says that Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and when they were be, or really and Azariah, when they were being trained to serve, ultimately, again, they gave away the fancy food that they had for seeds. So each girl in the harem spent six months. Six months literally anointing herself. Shaman Amar means balsam oil. My Shaman Amar, actually we're going to see it. What is Shaman Amar? Le'b-che-bar Abba Amar, Satakta. Satakta means balsam oil. Rav Huna Amar, Shaman Zayish, hevishlish. Actually Rav Huna says it means olive oil from olives that did not grow to one third of their maturity. Apparently again, such oil is even of a higher quality. Tiny Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, An Picon, An Picon, Shaman Zayish, hevishlish. So this An Picon, or a pekinon, is this alava from ala that did not, not grow to a third of their maturation. Also. Why does a woman anoint, why does a woman smear that on herself? Esa seyar, uma adina it's a, depil- a depilatory. It removes hair, it removes hair, and ultimately, again, smooths skin. So the way it worked in the harem is that the woman would be summoned to Achashverosh at night, and the next morning she would leave. I'm um, Rabbi Yochanan. This is actually very interesting. Miginuso shal also Rasha labmanu shvachol. From the, from the immoral behavior of this Russia, we at least, least learned something redeeming about him. meshamish <speaking in Hebrew> Mishamish Which was what say. He did not engage in relations by day. There, now, remember, we spoke about this earlier. One is permitted to engage in relations by day as long as the room is dark. But Lema'isa, so again, Achasherosh only engaged in relations at night. It's so just interesting. So this actually goes back to what we saw also yesterday, which was when he brought out the Kalim. When he brought out the Kalim of the one thing he tried to be careful about, although it didn't work, was to avoid drunkenness. He tried to avoid drunkenness because he thought that was Belshazzar's mistake, but he didn't ask. It's interesting. You see a very complex character who, on one hand, again, you know, engages in in, in despicable evil, but on the other hand, somehow seems to want to try to do the right thing in these certain areas. Quite interesting. Esther found favor before Ahazzerosh, or, excuse me, before everyone. It means that everyone thought that Esther was from their nation. Also remember, Esther never divulges where she's from. So there's a lot of speculation. So the idea is why did, why did she find favor in everyone's eyes? Because everyone felt that she represented them, everyone felt that she was part of their nation. Esther is taken to the king in the 10th month, the month of Tevez We'll say Tevez, remember, is winter time is winter time and it is a time where people crave body heat even more so again the fact that she was that she was brought to Achashverosh at this particular time was a time again when one body benefits from the heat of another body and therefore it made Esther even more beloved in the eyes of Achashverosh and again the king loved Esther from all the other women and she found favor in his eyes from Kolobosulos Amarav, um, Rav says, "Bikesh litom tam 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 beula tam." So Rav says again, amazing what happened. That whatever experience Achashverosh wanted to experience, that was the experience he had. If he wanted to experience the experience of a besula with her, that's what he experienced. The experience of a beula with her, that's what he experienced. and the king made a great party. Uh, the Gemara says oh, that's interesting. Why did the king do all of these things? So we're going to see the king engaged in a number... Of, what was driving Ahasuerus crazy a little bit was the fact that he did not know who his wife was. A, that's a side part of the story which is just so bizarre that he marries this girl who is totally anonymous. In any event, he does all of these things in order to coax her to reveal her identity. So what happens? He makes a big party. Avad Mishtia, he makes a big party for her thinking that that'll make her a little bit more comfortable, she'll divulge her identity. She doesn't say anything. Dolly karga. He went ahead and he lifted all of the sales tax from the merchants in her honor, thinking that Lamaisa, again, this would be a good way to get her to divulge her identity. <laughs> she doesn't say anything. She sent gifts in her name to all the noblemen, and she still did not reveal anything. So, what does Achashayosh do? He gathers all of the women again for another pageant. Another pageant, so Azil Shakil Mordechai. So what happens? Interestingly enough, so Achashverosh comes to Mordechai. Says Mordechai, I've got a problem. So I, I love this woman Esther to pieces. She's wonderful, but I don't know who she is, and I need to somehow find out her identity. How could I do so? So Mordechai gives an interesting answer. He says, Amar, ein isha miskana chaverta. A woman only becomes jealous. We'll the literally means the thigh of her friend. What does that mean? That a woman becomes jealous when he, she thinks that her husband's attention is diverted to another woman. So Mordecai's so adva- 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 advice to Achal was, you know what? Hold another pageant. Hold another pageant, gather the women again, and maybe when Esther sees that your attention is going to another woman, she'll quickly divulge her identity to you. What the Marsha points out over here that what what Mordechai was hoping for was what was that Achashverosh would find another queen. Right? Find, find someone else. You know, you're not really looking for alamailis. You know, he's not really looking for uh, incredible depth or a good conversationalist, right? He's, he's pretty clear on the qualities that he's looking for. Um, so hopefully you'll find another girl. You'll find someone you like even more than Esther. And Esther could come home. That says in our show was, more, was Mordechai's, was Mordechai's chashman. But again, it didn't work because Lemaisa even after the second pageant, the Megillah says, Esther would not divulge her place of birth. What's the meaning of the Pasik? So we'll say, look at Rashi. Literally means, no saint so we'll say literally it means that God will never diminish his eyes. God will never take his eyes off the righteous. What Rash says that means is that the will always reward the righteous, even if what? Even if that reward only comes much later on. So Limar says, because of the modesty that Rachel imenu had, she was privileged to have a descendant of Shul. Ubischartz Bobishol. and because of the modesty of Shaul, zochaviyata Esther. Esther was a descendant, apparently, of Shaul. Umaytznius ha'isav So now I'm going to go back and analyze both of these points. So what's news? What's news? Was there? By Rachel, so the Gemara says the following: "This is talking about when Yaakov and Rachel meet for the first time. So Yaakov tells Rachel that he is the brother of her father. So the Gemara says, 'Avihu, was that true? Was Yaakov even the brother of Lavan?' Remember, <coughs> Yaakov Avinu." is the nephew of Lavan. He is the son of Lavan's sister. Lavan's sister was Rivka. Yaakov is the son of Rivka. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Ela, rather Yaakov says like this to Rachel, Min sabasli, marry me. Amra le'in, Rachel says, yes, however, mihu ma'ohu, So Rachel says, but listen Yaakov, I love you, I'm gonna marry you. My father is a, a, a real treacherous individual. And trust me when I tell you, he will get the best of you. He will get the best, some way, somehow. So that's what Yaakov means when he says, I'm your father's brother. I will be his father in treachery. Meaning, you know what? I could dish it out also. If he's going to pull shtick with me, I could go ahead and give the shtick right back to him. Amrle me, Charlotte shari le tzadik le yusa. So Rachel is a little bit, uh, a little bit surprised, and I don't know about the shidduch anymore, right? <laughs> is it tzadik? Able, is it Sadiq permitted to do that? Meaning, essentially, what Yaakov said is, I'll get down, I'll get right down in the mud with him. So Rachel says, really, is it Sadiq permitted to actually do that? Amrle, amrla. In. So he said to her, "Yes, if navar with someone who is pure. You should act purely. And with the crooked. You should act crookedly. So Yaakovina you know, says, Rachel, tell me, what do you think your father's going to try to do? So she said, I'm not sure, but all I can tell you is, I'm so, so Rachel says, here's what I know. I know I have an older sister who's not married, and I'm pretty sure there's no way my father is going to allow me to get married before my older sister. So what does Yaakov do? Masra la He gave Rachel Imenu signs and the point of those signs was that they should be able to communicate together or signal one another to make sure that the woman standing underneath of the chuppah is ultimately is ultimately Rachel Imenu. Kimata laila. So what happened, now it comes the night of the wedding Amra Hashta So we'll say what happened. So sure enough, the night of the wedding, what happens? Lavan substitutes Leah for Rachel. And Rachel Imenu says, now my sister's gonna be humiliated. Because at the end of the day, he's gonna get to the khapa. Yakov's gonna Yaakov's gonna ask for the sign, and Leah's not gonna know it. So what does she do? Masr Sinhu Nehila, she gives the signs to Leah Imenu because this is the meaning of the Pesach when it says, it was in the morning, "Vihine and it was Leah. What do you mean? And, and until now, until the wedding night, it wasn't Leah. Because mm-hmm. of the signs that Rachel gave to Leah, Yaakov Avinu did not discover the real identity of his bride until the next morning. Well, so I just say, interestingly enough, this this is one of the reasons why we have a badekin at the wedding. The whole concept of the badekin is a verbal recognition of the bride. That ultimately, again, that Chassan and Kallah should be able to positively identify. Well, this is the woman I'm marrying. This is the man I'm marrying. And again, it has its roots in this very story. Interestingly enough, so the Gemara says the, Ba'it. the Gemara says, zochsa <laughs> Therefore, because Rachel ben was so tsanua, was so, was so modest, therefore again, Shaul came from her. Why is that I'm, I'm sorry? It sounds like a, uh, a nice uh, chesed thing. to do. What's that tzniyaz? No, no, a, a modesty in that she was careful with the feelings of the other. That's, co- that's called modesty also. Modesty is not just how we normally translate, how we normally think about modesty. It means modesty in behavior. So she was modest in terms of the fact that she put the needs of someone else before her own, despite the fact... Despite the fact that it would come an incredible loss to her, that's the Gemara of, of the news as well. So therefore, again, Shoal comes from her, and Gemara says again, what happened with Shoal? Uh, Haibishol, ksib higidlo, Amar we also remember again How Shol becomes king Shol becomes king because he loses his donkeys And he goes out looking for his donkeys And he, fi- he can't find the donkeys anywhere Someone tells him to go ask the Navi You know, it's funny Apparently, you know, even Naviim. You know, sometimes people get like Their time occupied with, uh you know, totally mundane matters. Can you imagine? You're Shmuel Hanavi. You're Shmuel Hanavi. You are the prophet of God. Jesus, can you help me with my donkeys? right? you mind, you mind, you mind using those prophetic powers to help me find my donkeys? You know, it's, 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 just, it's just funny to think about. So It works. So, so remember, again, when Shaul comes to Shmuel looking for his donkeys, Shmuel says, oh, and by the way, God has chosen you to be the king over Israel. So when 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 Sho'l's uncle, when he sees his uncle after his, and his uncle says, no, what did the what did the prophet of God say to you? Say, Shoal did not say anything about the monarchy. He just said what? He just said, Oh, we found the donkeys. So th- that sneeos, that certain sense of humility of character ultimately comes. Ultimately comes from Rachel again. I will say this: this idea of humility by Rachel is this humility. Humility is, is often is in modesty. Is expressed in this idea of putting the needs of the other before yourself. So the Imar calls that as well. So the Tsnius of Rachel ultimately yielded the Tsnius of Shoal. Zachs of Yatsim and Esther, and it was the Tsnius of Shoal that gave him the privilege of, ha- of having a descendant of Esther. Okay, and again, we saw the, the modesty of Esther, and that Esther again does not divulge any information about herself. So it's actually very interesting. So Balaza says, when God decides to convey greatness to a person, He doesn't just give the greatness to that one individual, but rather He gives over that greatness to the person's children and to his children's children until the end of all generations. Because the Apostolic says, Vayoshiveim lanasech vayigbu right? That again, quoting the Pasik from Eov, Va'yoshivim and literally, he placed them. He placed them for, for all eternity, Va'yigbo, and he lifted them up. So, this idea that a person is not just giving greatness for themselves, but a person is giving greatness that's given for all future generations of that person, and really, it's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose. But if a person becomes arrogant because of their greatness, God lowers him. A person becomes incarcerated in chains. And literally, the directive of Mordechai Esther carried out, Amra um, Biyemiya says, <laughs> that Esther would show her damida menstrual blood, to the That again, she tried to be careful with whatever level of halacha she was able to do, including Hilchosnida, <laughs> Kasher Haisa is actually quite dramatic as well. As she was literally, so means with, with trustworthiness with him, or with faithfulness with him. Am a raba bar le. Am a raba bar lema mishmei derav she would literally leave leave the bed of Achasherosh or literally the chest of Achasherosh she would go to the mikvah and she would live with Mordechai she, she, would, she would be in the bed of Mordechai say so remember again this goes in accordance with the approach that says that bas doesn't mean bas but rather again bas means bias that to whatever degree possible she still tried to maintain her marital relationship with Mordechai. Quite, quite amazing. Cuts off Big Son Veseresh. It was in those days, Mordechai was sitting by the, by the gate of the king, and Big Son and Seresh got angry at the king. Well, it's actually interesting. God caused a master to get angry at his servants in order to go ahead and fulfill the needs of the righteous Who is that? ummanu Yosef, that was Yosef, shene amar visham ithanu nar ivri we'll say what that refers to is God caused Paro to get angry at his servants the Sara Ofim, the Sarah Tabachim, the baker and the butler in order that they should go to jail and what? and meet Yosef there so that later on when Paro would have his dream and no one was able to interpret it they would be able to go ahead and refer Yosef for the job avadim al Adonihim, lasos neis God caused servants to get angry at their master in order to perform a miracle for the righteous. Ummanu, and who is that? Mordechai. That's Mordechai, Dhsiv, Vaivadah Mordechai. So God caused Big Son and Sarash to get angry at Akajiroj in order that a miracle should happen to, to, for Mordechai. What happened? Because Mordechai found out about their plan. Well, say, what was the plan? Amrabi Yochanan. Big Son Vesaresh shnei Tarsim Hayu. Big Son and Tarash were two Tarsim. Tarsim was a place, Tarjans, and what happened? was Musa on Tursi. They we were speaking to, see, to each other. They said listen to this. From the day that this one came to the palace, this is a reference to Esther, we have not gotten any sleep. Rashi says over, it's in the right hand column of Rashi. Apparently again Akhash had an incredible affinity towards Esther and was constantly was constantly with her because of that again he was always thirsty. And again, guess who was on night duty for the king? Big son and teresh. Big son and teresh were night. so what happens? They were resentful. The king is always thirsty. We always have to bring him something to drink. It's ridiculous. So you we know we're union. You know, uh, know uh, you know so you know this is this is crazy already. So the king says. So what did they decide? Let's poison his wine. In order that he's going to die. Let's be done with this already. Now they're talking about this interestingly enough right in front of Mordechai or whatever in proximity to Mordechai because they assume they are speaking a foreign dialect, a dialect that's not normally heard in Shushan, and they assume that Mordechai Mordechai does not know it. And what they did not know is that Mordechai was one of the members of the Sanhedrin, Lashon, and he spoke 70 languages. I say just a very good muster in general, is that you never know who is listening to your conversations. Right, the mic is always open, right? It's a heck of a pinpoint operation, right? So uh, right as as they caught on the open mic. So so the That was a joke, political joke. Okay, good, good. Baruch Hashem is in the Middle East. Not everything's going to be okay. So now, so now, so now the Gemara says the following. So what happens? They did not realize, they did not realize that Mordechai was listening to their conversation. So now they're going on talking about the plan. (laughs) But they said, but they said, but my watch and your watch are not the same meaning that we're not on the same schedules. So how are we going to go ahead and pull this off? So so one of them, again it's not clear who was saying to, but one of them said, listen, here's what we're gonna do. I'll watch your post and my post and you go ahead and take care of poisoning the king. And this, sure enough, this is what it means when it says, they looked into the matter, and it was found. What was found? There was Meaning Mordechai comes forward with this plot. Obviously, they, how do they corroborate his words? Because they look, and what do they find? What do they find? They found, just as Mordechai had reported, that on so-and-so evening, they would not be at their posts. Okay. And it was after this. So remember, this is going now in, in, the, in the chronological order of the Megillah. So after Mordecai foils the plot of Big Sun and, Te- and Seresh. so afterwards it says, uh, that's, the, that's the end of Perak Bay's in the Megillah. Then it says, It was after these events. Now, these events sounds like after the episode of Big Sun and Teresh. So then afterwards, achshverosh uh, um, uh, appointed Haman to this newfound position of greatness. So the Gemara says, Amar what does it mean after these things? After God created, created the remedy for the sickness. So amazingly enough, remembering in a both say, it was the fact that that Mordechai foiled the plot of, of Big Son and Seresh, that ultimately serves as the very merit that turns the tide later on. So after these things, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the remedy for the sickness, for the illness, that was not yet even in existence. The Amr HaShelakesh says, God only goes ahead and literally punishes or, or hurts Kalal Yisrael, visits the sickness by Kalal Yisrael, unless of course he has already created the remedy in advance. Shana amar because the Pasuk says Kirafi Yisrael avon Ephraim quotes over here the Pasuk from Hosea, I will heal Yisrael and ultimately the iniquity of Ephraim will be revealed. So, meaning, Keshbarahu speaks about what? He speaks about the healing even before he speaks about the iniquity. Aval By the nations of the world, this is not so. Rather, Makya Osan, the a fundamental distinction. By the nations of the world, first again, often the Makkah comes and the Refua only comes later. For Klan the Israel, ma- the Refua is already there before the Makkah. Quite amazing. Shineamar, the Naga of Hashem Esraim. God will literally <laughs> smite Egypt, for a foe, but ultimately, He will heal, we'll, we'll heal them. Remember again, if, if already in the beginning, Haman gets very angry at Mordechai because Mordechai, he doesn't bow, he doesn't prostrate himself, so what happens? It was disgusting in his eyes. To just simply go ahead and Hurt Mordechai himself, meaning Haman felt that I'm not just going to hurt Mordechai. Rather, what am I going to do? I have to do something much bigger than that. Amar Mordechai, at first, levado. at first, Haman's animosity was directed towards Mordechai, just Mordechai, u ba Mordechai. In the end, he wanted to, his animosity spread to the nation of Mordechai. And who was that? Manu Rabbonon. So first his animosity was just that Mordechai, then his animosity spread to the rabbis, u and at the end his animosity spread to... Bechol Hayyudim, the entire Jewish people. Hippyal poor, Hu Hagoral. He went ahead and he drew a lottery. Tana Kevan Shenafal poor, Bechodesh Adar, Samach Simcha Gedola. Rabbeinu say when his lottery fell out in the month of Adar, Haman was very happy. Why? Amar Nafal li poor, Biyarach Shemeis Bamosha. Why was he very excited? Because he knew that Adar was the month in which Moshe Rabbeinu died. And he thought it was a good omen that his lottery fell out on the very month that Moshe Rabbeinu died. However, I will say it's true that Moshe Rabbeinu died on Zion Adar. But guess what? He was also born on Zion Adar. Yesh no am echad Now again mm-hmm. The, the gemara focuses on The conversation That Haman has With Achashverosh In which he maligns The Jewish people And this is Yeshno am echad There is this one nation Amar Rava Leka diyada Lishna There is no one Who knows how to malign The Jewish people Like Haman Everybody's got to be good At something Right There is no one Who literally knew How to malign Like, like Haman Amar ta um, so, what happens? So, let's just get rid of them. Let's just destroy them. I'm afraid of their God. That their God should not do to me like He did with the others, meaning referring to Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar, Eva Morodach. Amarle, Haman responds, Yashno min ha-mitzvos. Yashno in means they become negligent in their mitzvos. Literally, they become tired and sleepy. Don't worry, don't worry. The God of Israel is only effective when the Jewish people do what they're supposed to be doing. But good news: the Jewish people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So no need to fear. Amarle is Rabbanon. but they have the rabbis. They have the rabbis, meaning even if all of them are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, at least the rabbis are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, really, I'm so Haman Ach-Sherosh said, don't worry. They're, excuse me, Haman said, they're one people. They're one people, meaning that even if the rabbis are doing what they're supposed to be doing, Lamaisa, if the majority of the populace is not, they're looked at as one people. Shema Tomar Karcha. So Hamlet says to HaShosh, maybe you're concerned that if you wipe out the Jewish people, literally you'll make a bald spot in your nation. I mean, Maybe you're concerned that if you wipe out an entire population, it's going to leave a hole in your kingdom. Don't worry. They're not concentrated in one place. They're scattered everywhere. No one's even going to miss them. Shema Tomar han'noa Aminayu. I maybe you'll say, well, the Jewish people, they, they contribute a lot to my kingdom. That's not true. Mefurad, what does it mean, Mefurad? They're like a mule. Just like a mule is sterile and does not have offspring, so do these people. They don't really contribute anything. Maybe you'll say that there's an entire Medina. Maybe there's a Jewish state. And maybe there's a state where the Jewish people live. And again, same, same concern as we had before. And if you wipe them out, that state is going to be barren of people. lomar medinos They're scattered all around. Shonos and Halaman further says, you know, their practices are so different than everyone else. You know what? You know They don't eat our food. They don't marry our daughters. And they do not marry their daughters off to us. They're totally separate. Listen to this. And they don't keep the statutes of the king. You know why? I say what's is amazing. Hayom, You know what the Jews always say? The Jews always say today's another holiday. Right? I can't I can't come into work today. It's another holiday. I can't come in. Well say, you know what's amazing? What's amazing is, by the way, is 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 you know, like it's it's Anti-Semitism, now, obviously, again, so we say this tongue-in-cheek, but, but it's, it's amazing how uh, Haman is saying some of the things that resonate to this very day. So, he's, so he says the Achashverosh, and they're lazy. They're lazy. They're always inventing another holiday. There's always, it's said today, a Shabbos today. is a fast day. We mourn this today. We're happy for this today. We celebrate this today. We're sad about this today. There's always another Shabbos. There's always another Yom And there's always another reason for them not to work. And it's not even worth it for the king, to allow them to continue to exist. Because all they do is they eat and they drink and they disparage the monarchy. You're listen to this. Because if a fly falls into their cup, you know what? The cup of wine. What happens? Zarko. They remove the fly. And they drink the wine. Okay, so get rid of the fly. You can drink the rest of the wine. But yet if you king were to touch their cup of wine, you know what would happen? Chofto they would go and pour it out and not drink it. And I will say, what's amazing over here is again such a classic on um, such a classic model of anti-Semitism, where again Jewish practices which which have meaning and have meaning. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If Achashverosh would touch the cup of wine, we absolutely would not drink it. That is absolutely correct. But there are reasons for that. It's not meant to be a slight for the king. It's meant to be a measure to preserve Jewish integrity and identity throughout the ages. But again, when looked at at the surface appears to be disparaging of the king if it's good with the king please write the decree to destroy them and this is interesting and Haman was willing to pay the king for the privilege of annihilating the Jewish people. I'll give you 10,000 silver pieces listen to this. It was revealed before the one who created the world, that Haman was going to pledge Shkalim, for the annihilation of the Jewish people. So what does do? Remember, what did the Gemara say before? What does God always do for us? He always creates the refuah before the Makkah. So knew that Haman was going to pledge shkalim, to destroy the Jewish people. So what does God do? Therefore, what does God do? He goes ahead and he makes sure he makes sure that our shkalim Came before Haman's shkalim. The, of the Sun, This is meaning of the, this is the meaning of the Mishnah. The echad mashmin ala Also remember again, what do we do on the first of Adar? We go ahead and already contribute the half shekel. Second, so, the who knew that Haman was going to try to pledge Shekelim for the annihilation of Klai Yisrael. Hakal Baruch Hu therefore institutes, institutes the giving of the half Shekel many years earlier that we should endow the Shekel with a positive energy to counteract and to counterbalance the negative intentions of the Shekelim of Haman. We'll stop over here. We'll pick up here last line tomorrow. We're going to do 545 tomorrow, Mir Hashem, just to... Uh, Keep it easier.